section five of the three lieutenants this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the three lieutenants by william henry giles kingston chapter four the frigate at trinidad magnificent scenery midshipmen on shore purchase a spider monkey and take a ride with him into the country adair meets some relatives he and jack nearly lose their hearts but don't colonel o'regan and his daughter stella a country house visit to a coffee plantation the colonel's schemes the colonel and his daughter embark on board the plantagenet the dragon's mouth the frigate in danger the mist of the early morning hung over the ocean but not with sufficient density to obscure altogether the outline of the land as her majesty's frigate plantagenet was entering the boca navios or ship channel one of the dragon's mouths which lead from the north into the gulf of paria between the island of trinidad and the mainland of south america captain hemming stood speaking trumpet in hand conning the ship the crew were at their stations hands in the chains ever and anon as they hove the lead in deep sonorous voices shouting out the depth of water every one was on the alert for the currents were uncertain and the wind baffling as the sun rose the silvery mist seemed to be drawn up like a curtain exposing a magnificent spectacle islands of fantastic shapes rising from the calm blue water clothed to their summits with mighty trees of varied hues growing out of the crevices of the rocks here lofty cliffs there some deep bay with plantations and cottages beyond or a shady valley the fit abode of peace and contentment as adair who was just then in a sentimental mood observed now in a wilder more open spot were seen the huts of a whaling establishment and then further on open glades and grassy enclosures while on the port side towered up to the clear bright sky the lofty ridge-like mountains of trinidad itself the breeze freshening at length the handsome capital of the island port of spain on the shores of its wide bay opened out to view its broad streets running at right angles to each other and thus allowing every air from the water to blow freely through them on the other side of the town could be seen the savannah a park-like enclosure bordered by pretty villas with a panorama of superb hills clothed with vegetation forming the background of the picture between which extending right across the island was discerned the entrance to the fertile valley of diego martin while across the gulf on the mainland rose the majestic mountains of camana leave was given to all not required on board to go on shore the captain went to call on the governor the officers to amuse themselves according to their respective tastes the talents of norris as interpreter were called into requisition indeed he had a good opportunity of practising his spanish and portuguese as well as french the white population being composed of a mixture of most of the nations of europe
the young gentlemen were wandering about as midshipmen are wont to do in a strange town now stopping to buy fruit in the market-place now entering a shop to look for something they did not exactly know what now popping their heads in at a church door when they caught sight of a short broad-faced yellow-skinned carob with a monkey perched on his head one on each shoulder and a fourth nestling in his arm standing at the corner of a street hurrah cried tom here's the chance we have long been wishing for come along norris and try to make the monkey merchant understand that we are ready to treat for one of his happy family for combien sixpenny pieces voulez-vous sell us one of those rum chapsos mon ami said norris with perfect confidence as if expecting an answer though the carib knew no more french than did the midshipman guessing what was wanted he made the three monkeys on his head and shoulders jump down to the ground to exhibit themselves having gone through their performances at a word they sprang back into their former positions the most active being a long-tailed long-armed creature with a body like a lath who had the post of honour on the indian's head that's the fellow for us cried tom clapping his hands i don't think old scrofton will ever acknowledge that he had his origin in such a spider-like animal no but he may be after saying that we are descended from some such creature if he catches us skylarking aloft observed gerald he'll not venture on such an impertinence answered tom i vote we have him though there were some dissentient voices the majority were in favour of the spider monkey a dollar was asked a high price for a monkey considering that hundreds are caught in the woods to be cooked for dinner but then as the carib tried to explain this one was civilised and his education had cost something though he could neither read nor write at present but he might do so if the young gentleman would take the trouble of teaching him the indian's arguments prevailed a dollar was quickly collected tom paying twice as much as any one else that he might have a proportionate interest in the beast and master spider as he was forthwith called became the midshipman's monkey poor master spider he little knew the fate awaiting him now he was theirs the question was what to do with him till they returned on board should they take him with them into the country he would to a certainty be off among his native woods they agreed they modestly requested several shopkeepers in the neighbourhood to take charge of him but all declined the trust they bought however of a saddler a chain and strap to assist in securing their captive at first they were going to put the strap round the monkey's neck but the carib hinted that if they did master spider would be throttled and so it was fastened round his loins he ungratefully giving paddy desmond who performed the operation a severe bite in return ye baste what do ye mane by that exclaimed paddy in a voice which made master spider spring back as far as his chain would allow to the top of a saddle where he sat vehemently jabbering away as if offering a full explanation of his conduct amid the laughter of the rest of the party norris proposed hiring a sitting-room for him at an inn but a somewhat high price being asked for the accommodation it was at length determined to take him with them now that he could not escape each one agreeing to carry him by turns but you fellows are not going to walk about all day i hope i vote we have a ride exclaimed norris 
the proposal was agreed to six procured steeds rather sorry jades for the sagacious owners having some experience in the way naval officers are apt to ride would not bring out their best horses but the midshipmen did not care about that they tossed up who was first to have charge of spider paddy desmond won and away they started look out that you don't run foul of any of the great dons of the island or lose your way shouted their messmates no fear answered tom we've got spider as a pilot spider did show the way in a vengeance for desmond's horse finding a strange creature clinging to its mane dashed off at headlong speed through the streets and round the savannah followed by the rest shouting and laughing till the foot of the mountains was reached then up they went not by the high road but by a rough pathway which led they did not know where that however was of small consequence it must take them to some place or other and they had little doubt of finding their way back on they pushed scrambling along regardless of the hot sun the dust the flies and other stinging creatures laughing and shouting and belabouring each other's steeds gerald as at first with spider before him bravely keeping the lead they had not been unobserved for lieutenants rogers and adair were riding leisurely along the road round the savannah as they passed at some distance there goes my young hopeful of a nephew exclaimed adair i must look sharper after the lad than i have done when he gets on shore or he'll come to grief and my good sister his mother who dotes on him will break her heart i must keep a taut hand on tom too for whom i feel myself responsible observed jack i was glad to have him on board the frigate but i did not reflect on the anxiety he would cause me mercifully providence watches over midshipmen or the race would soon become extinct and there would be no such promising young officers as you and i to be found said adair there go a number more of them happy fellows well it was not so long since we were like them jack the two lieutenants continued their ride bound on a visit which shall be mentioned presently the midshipmen galloped along till their horses knees trembled under them they had left the more cultivated country and entered a wild region the forest closing in on every side birds of gorgeous colours flew by or rose from the thickets beautiful butterflies fluttered in the glades and monkeys gambolled in the trees looking down on them from the branches overhead chattering loudly as they passed we've paid a pretty high price i've a notion for master spider since we might have had a dozen such fellows for the catching observed norris as he watched the monkeys in troops springing from bough to bough but how are we to catch them i should like to know asked tom they can beat any one of us at climbing there's no doubt about that ah well i suppose they can as they are at it all day answered norris sagaciously meantime master spider had been gazing up wistfully at his relations in the trees every now and then answering their chatterings with a peculiar cry when passing under an overhanging bough some three or four feet above him suddenly springing on the horse's head and thence on gerald's in a moment with his long arms extended he had laid tight hold of it while gerald letting go of his rein with equal tenacity grasped the end of the chain fancying that he could haul him back but the arms of the monkey were stronger than his 
on galloped the horse leaving him as a consequence hanging with one hand to the chain instinctively he made a grasp at the monkey's long tail greatly it is possible to the relief of the owner and there he hung swinging backwards and forwards between the sky and earth the monkey jabbering and shrieking with the pain of the strap round its loins amid a chorus of its relatives while the other midshipmen gathered round laughing till they nearly split their sides without attempting to assist him even tom hard-hearted fellow forgot to help his friend bear a hand some of ye and catch hold of my legs or i'll be carried off by the baste entirely shouted gerald and there's my horse galloped off and i'll have none to ride back on hold fast patty hold fast shouted his messmates it's such fun to see you it's you i want to be holding on to me for if ye won't haul me down the baste of a monkey will be after hauling me up he'll be at the top of the tree in another moment and his friends will be carrying me off among them and i'll never set eyes again on bally mccree shone shone but he turned into a spider-legged monkey i will and poor paddy began to cry with terror as he pictured the fate in store for him at length tom's regard for his friend overcame his love of fun and throwing the reins of his horse to norris he jumped off and catching hold of gerald's legs began hauling away with all his might now though master spider could by his wonderful muscular power manage to support one midshipman the weight of two was more than he could bear and letting go down came gerald and over went tom with the monkey struggling and scratching on the top of them giving a revengeful nip on the most exposed part of his new master's body master spider hadn't long his own way however for the reefers picking themselves up paddy gave him a box on the ears which though it made him show his teeth brought him to order and the tired steed being found feeding close by all hands agreed that unless they wished to be benighted it was about time to return shipward paddy declining the further companionship of spider tom took charge of him and off they set down the mountain's side for a wonder reaching the plain without breaking their necks their steeds happily knowing the way better than they did darkness came on while they were still galloping along ah sure our horses hoofs are scattering the sparks all around us cried paddy one of the more knowing of the party however discovered that the sparks were fireflies flitting about above a damp spot through which they were passing a good supper at the hotel quickly restored their exhausted spirits and they got safe on board with master spider it was the last ride on shore they enjoyed for many a long day they were soon to be engaged in more stirring and dangerous adventures we must now accompany the two lieutenants on landing having a bill to get cash they repaired for that purpose to the establishment of a certain don antonio gomez who acted as a storekeeper and banker and was they heard one of the leading men in the place he spoke english they found remarkably well are you related to mr adair of ballymacree in ireland he asked on hearing adair's name i am his son was the answer then i am truly delighted to see you my dear sir exclaimed the don my mother is the daughter of an uncle of yours no let me see of a great-uncle who settled here some forty years ago or more after the island became a dependency of england 
she will be charmed to welcome you as a cousin my wife too is irish and we have some guests also who hail from the old country so that you will be perfectly at home you will come up at once and lieutenant rogers will i hope accompany you adair of course said all that could be expected how enchanted he should be to make the acquaintance of his cousin of whom till that moment however he had never heard while jack gladly accepted the invitation offered him while they were speaking don antonio was summoned on a matter of importance i regret that i cannot accompany you at present he said on his return i have therefore written to announce your coming and have ordered horses with a servant to show you the way they will be here presently and in the meantime you must fortify yourselves for the journey with some tiffin he led his visitors to a large airy upper room looking out over the gulf in the centre was a table spread with all sorts of west indian delicacies and wines and spirits and bottled beer a person must go to a hot climate to appreciate the latter liquid properly several persons looked in and took their seats at table as if it was a customary thing some apparently were resident planters others skippers of merchantmen and there were several foreigners who spoke only spanish or french one of the last comers was a fine military-looking man with a handsome countenance a few grey hairs sprinkling his otherwise dark hair and moustache don antonio introduced him to the two lieutenants as colonel o'regan the naval officers rose and bowed and the colonel taking his seat opposite to them at once as a man of the world entered into conversation colonel o'regan has seen a good deal of service in the peninsula and elsewhere observed don antonio to adair knew your uncle major adair and was with sir ralph abercrombie when this island changed masters i must confess very much to its advantage the colonel heard the last remark i was a mere boy at the time having only just joined my regiment he observed with a smile it was not a very hazardous expedition and had there been any fighting the navy would have borne the brunt of it but the gallant spanish admiral apodaca whose memory is not held in the highest repute hereabouts as soon as he saw the british fleet having landed his men set fire to four of his ships and galloped off that he might be the first to convey the intelligence to the governor chacon who was preparing to defend the city from the expected assault he entered at the head of a band of priests piously counting his rosary burnt your ships admiral exclaimed chacon in astonishment then i fear all is lost oh no most noble governor all is not lost i assure you answered the admiral i have saved only think i have saved the image of santiago de compostela the patron of my ships and myself come come you are rather hard on the worthy apodaca his ships were only half manned and admiral harvey would have captured them all after giving him a sound drubbing observed don antonio laughing notwithstanding besides it is a proof that we had pious men among us in those days remember that we had not long before been deprived of the holy inquisition you did not regret its loss i presume said the colonel i saw something of what it must have been in spain when its dungeons were revealed to view as to that i live under the english government and prefer the english system of managing matters answered don antonio but wishing to change the subject he asked what news from the main colonel 
unsatisfactory as usual was the answer something however must be done or the cause will be lost and i am resolved to be no longer influenced by those half-hearted patriots as they call themselves just then the horses were announced you will meet colonel o'regan as he will accompany me by and by said don antonio to the lieutenants they found two richly caparisoned steeds waiting for them with a sable attendant in livery mounted on a third he would have astonished an english groom he wore huge spurs strapped to naked feet a light blue coat richly laced an enormously high hat with a deep band and a flaming red waistcoat he however was evidently satisfied with his own appearance and considered himself a person of no small importance mr pedro padillo showed de way to massa lieutenants he said bowing after they had mounted when say starboard keep to starboard when say larboard keep to the port orderwise make way ahead thank you pedro you have been at sea i perceive said jack oh yes massa i serve aboard de king's ships and odor craft many years before turn head groom to don antonio answered the black he great man as you shall see presently after rather more than an hour's ride under the steerage of pedro jack and adair reached the country residence of don antonio magnificently situated on the broad shoulder of a mountain which rose clothed with gigantic trees behind it while in front lay the blue gulf dotted over with the tiny sails of canoes a highly cultivated plain stretched out below hillsides and forests plantations and villas appearing on either hand faith my new cousin is well located it baits bally mccree i must confess said adair as they came in front of an extensive bungalow style of building with a broad veranda running along the front and two sides with such a garden as the tropics only can present kept green by a clear stream taught to meander through it and the source of which could be discerned as in a sparkling cascade it rushed down the mountain side amid the trees i am curious to know what sort of person my elder relative will prove not to speak of the younger females of the family added adair as he spoke a cloud of white drapery was seen moving in the veranda it soon resolved itself into a tall dignified old lady another of matronly appearance and a bevy of young ones two or three of them mere girls perfect houri they seemed to adair and jack was much of the same opinion as adair threw himself from his horse the old lady advanced from among the rest holding out both her hands my young cousin i am delighted to greet you it is long long since i set eyes on one of my kindred from the old country and you are welcome doubly welcome as coming direct from dear bally mccree the home of my youth she exclaimed with a very perceptible hibernian accent terence made a suitable reply albeit not much addicted to the utterance of sentimental speeches and then he was introduced to his younger cousins of the second degree and jack who had modestly hung back came forward and went through the same pleasant ceremony one damsel had kept somewhat behind the rest as if she did not claim to be a relation irish to the core thought jack large grey eyes rich brown hair the complexion of the lily tinged with the rose a figure a sylph might envy 
let me make you known lieutenant rogers and cousin terence to miss o'regan said the old lady the others having retired a few paces thus allowing the officers to advance which they did bowing with admiration depicted in their countenances to the young lady curtsying not very formally she put out her hand and said with a laugh i must beg to be considered among the cousinhood or i shall feel like a stranger in your midst the fair cousins gathered round laughing and said yes yes of course adair took the beautiful little hand so firm and cool and felt very much inclined to press it to his lips but he did not the same favour was extended to jack they were soon as much at home as if they had known each other for months donna caterina however as the elder lady was called monopolised her cousin terence naturally eager to hear about ballymacree and the various members of his family she charged him to bring up his nephew the next day and hearing that lieutenant rogers had a brother on board insisted that he must come also jack had thus for some time the young ladies to himself which were most worthy of admiration he could not decide they were all so charming but undoubtedly miss o'regan her friends called her stella which sounded more romantic to jack's ears than her surname was perfection or near it a very pleasant afternoon was spent with music and singing conversation and a stroll in the shade under the lofty trees between which the breeze found its way keeping the atmosphere tolerably cool and agreeable jack and terence thought that they should like if not to spend the rest of their days in so delightful a spot to come back to it some time or other but they did not venture to hint at such a thing just then on returning to the house they found that don antonio with colonel o'regan and their own captain had arrived the latter seemed as much struck with stella as they had been and they could not help feeling a little jealous of him though they need not have been so as he paid her no more attention than he did the other young ladies he gave them moreover leave to remain on shore as he intended returning on board and he promised donna caterina to send up her young cousin and tom rogers the next morning several other gentlemen arrived and dinner was announced a magnificent entertainment plate and crystal and sparkling wines in profusion and all sorts of tropical delicacies then came music and dancing chiefly waltzes the young creoles swam through the dances stella moved with more life in her than all of them captain hemming seldom danced he could not resist the temptation altogether but he was engaged for the most of the evening in earnest conversation with colonel o'regan he returned to town in the carriage of one of the guests and soon afterwards the whole party retired to rest as the lieutenants slept within earshot of the colonel they were unable to discuss stella a great privation don antonio was a planter as well as a merchant and he had invited his guests to visit his cocoa plantation of which he was justly proud three or four miles in the interior the midshipmen who had started by daybreak arrived just as the party were setting off they looked somewhat blank when but a slight refreshment only was offered them but were comforted when they found that they were to breakfast on their return 
gerald was received by donna caterina as a kinsman and he and tom were taken in charge by the younger of the young ladies some of the party went in carriages others stella among them on horseback with terence and jack as her attendants she rode like a thorough irish girl well accustomed to the saddle the party proceeded along picturesque lanes mostly in the shade of umbrageous trees crossing many a brawling brook till they reached on the gentle slope of a hill the confines of a lofty forest with a peculiar undergrowth of shrubs from ten to fifteen feet in height of a delicate green tint these were the cocoa trees and the duty of the more lofty ones whose boughs interlaced by numberless creepers formed a thick roof was to shelter them from the burning rays of the sun a centre road ran through the plantation intersected by numerous cross paths all lined with dark-leaved coffee bushes covered with jessamine blossoms giving forth an exquisite perfume while water in gentle rills conveyed life and fertility to every part the horses were left at the house of the overseer while the party sauntered through the plantation enjoying the grateful shade and the cool breeze which fanned their cheeks how delightful exclaimed jack i am greatly tempted to come on shore and turn cocoa planter what and give up the noble profession to which you belong asked the young lady by his side i should have expected better of you mr rogers it was the first time jack had heard stella utter an expression which showed her character while there are wrongs to be righted and the defenceless to be protected i trust that no one engaged in the noble profession of arms will think of sheathing his sword i spoke from the impulse of the moment i really have no intention of leaving the navy which i love as much as any man i am glad of it said stella giving him an approving smile jack who was decidedly matter-of-fact was wondering what wrongs stella wished him to redress when their conversation was interrupted and he had no opportunity of asking her till they had mounted their horses and were riding homeward jack at last put the question in all parts of the world answered stella with some little hesitation look to over yonder vast continent she pointed to the blue mountains of Kamana seen across the gulf from north to south wrong and oppression reigns even in those states nominally free one set of tyrants have but been superseded by another as regardless of the rights of the people as the first i have not often met young ladies imbued with sentiments such as yours observed jack few young ladies you have met probably have fathers like mine answered stella she stopped as if she was saying too much jack recollected the observations he had heard at don antonio's luncheon-room probably the colonel is engaged in one of the many revolutionary schemes connected with the late spanish south american dependencies he thought his daughter very naturally has faith in the justice of the cause he has espoused yes i confess that i have adopted my father's sentiments said stella as if she had known what was passing in his mind it is but natural for we are all in all to each other 
my mother is dead and i have no sister or brother he might have enjoyed a well-won rest at home without dishonour but he disdained while possessing health and strength to remain in idleness and i entreated that he would not leave me behind so we came out here some time ago and while he has made excursions on the continent i have mostly resided with our friends here though i have occasionally accompanied him we have made some long trips by sea and i have ridden with him several hundred miles on horseback jack who believed that young ladies were most fitly employed in household affairs or in practising the accomplishments they might have learned with an occasional attendance at a ball or archery meeting thought his fair companion an enthusiast a perfect heroine of romance though he did not tell her so she possibly considered him somewhat dull and phlegmatic jack's notion of duty was to gain as much professional knowledge as possible to obey the orders he might receive and to carry them out to the best of his ability the midshipmen had no reason to complain of the breakfast spread before them on their return to the house meats and sweets and fruits unknown even by name and such coffee and perfectly ambrosial cocoa the young ladies seemed to have nothing to do but to amuse them and perfectly ready they were to be amused in a quiet way though for the heat in the middle of the day was too great for much skylarking don antonio and the other gentlemen had gone into the town but they returned in the evening with captain hemming who invited all the party to take a cruise to the southern end of the island as he wished to visit the pitch lake and the indian settlements and to perform certain official duties the colonel and his daughter and don antonio and his wife with most of the young ladies accepted it and a very delightful trip they had and of course a dance was got up on board which was more interesting to the fair damsels and the naval officers than any of the natural curiosities the island could afford it was whispered in the gun-room that they were to have some of their visitors on board for a much longer time and it at last came out that the captain had promised a passage to colonel o'regan and his daughter to jamaica adair and gerald rode out to wish their cousins good-bye the old lady was as cordial as ever and all of them made much of the midshipmen but terence had a slight suspicion that the younger ones were somewhat piqued that he and jack had not laid their hearts at their feet they were very pretty charming girls he acknowledged and he was not certain what might have happened had he remained longer perhaps they were just a little jealous of stella he thought so when his sweet cousin maria whispered no one will deny that she is very beautiful but she is cold as the snow and chimborazo and it is said that while playing havoc with the affections of her admirers she leaves them to their fate with the most callous indifference jack rogers thinks very differently of her remarked adair he says that she is one of the most enthusiastic creatures he has ever met but still i don't know that he can exactly make her out no one can answered maria she seems very affectionate to us and grateful for the attention we have been able to show her and yet we do not know her better now than we did at first just then the subject of their conversation approached and directly afterwards jack and his brother rode up to pay a short farewell visit and to escort stella to the town where her father was waiting for her to go on board the frigate 
the bustle of preparation prevented any further conversation donna caterina assured terence that he might rely on being welcomed as a relative should he return to trinidad and was equally civil to jack when in his usual hearty way he wished his friends good-bye he was watched narrowly as he handed stella into the carriage but the keenest eyes could not detect anything in his manner beyond the ordinary respect due to a lady the captain had come to the landing-place to escort his guests on board the frigate they reached her side just as the sunset gun was fired stella gave not the slightest start at the sound but sat as unmoved as her soldier father jack remarked the grace and at the same time the confidence with which she stepped up the accommodation ladder and walked along the deck as if well accustomed to ascending a ship's side i never met a girl better fitted to be a heroine than she is he thought still my sister mary and lucy are of the style i fancy best the young lady was followed by her only attendant a black damsel carrying her dressing-case and other articles which nothing would induce her to commit to the charge of the men who offered to take them missy stella tell me not lose dem she answered with a knowing shake of her head no no tank you stella retired at an early hour to the cabin the captain had fitted up for her with a small one close to it for the faithful polly she wished to be on deck she said to see the ship get under way in the morning she and the colonel were pretty freely discussed in the gun-room and midshipmen's berth all acknowledged that she was handsome but some thought her proud and haughty and others that she was rather slow whilst gerald was of opinion that his cousins beat her hollow in which tom agreed with him heartily much more jolly girls they are said tom how they laughed at spider's antics i only wish we may find a batch of such cousins in every place we go to with as capital a country house terence pronounced her a sphinx perhaps he was biased by the opinion the fair maria had expressed jack did not altogether like to hear her talked about especially by the master and purser or the lieutenant of marines who called her a monstrously fine woman the colonel was fair game no one could make out who he was what brought him out to that part of the world or why the captain was so polite to him perhaps it was for his daughter's sake he was stiff and donnish and had scarcely condescended to speak to any one jack and terence defended him on this point but still he did not appear to have made a favourable impression during the day he had been on board with a leading wind and on the brightest of bright mornings the frigate was standing towards the boca de huevos one of the dragon's mouths which lead out of the gulf of paria into the open ocean everything looked brilliant the ship herself the sea the sky the land the passage seemed broad enough for a dozen ships to sail out abreast between the lofty tree-covered crags which formed the shores of the islands on either side still every precaution was taken the lead was kept going the crew were at their stations stella and her father stood on the deck watching the shore as the ship glided rapidly on lieutenant jennings was the only person at liberty to attend to them and he was doing his best to make himself agreeable but he found after a few attempts that he succeeded better with the colonel than with his daughter grand cliffs those he observed awkward for a ship to run against no chance of our doing so however 
not so certain of that answered the colonel the wind is scant and has fallen the yards were braced sharp up and the quartermaster was keeping the ship as close to the wind as possible why we are almost through the passage a few hundred yards more and we shall be in the open sea remarked the lieutenant without a breeze those few hundred yards will be too much for us said the colonel as he spoke the sails gave a loud flap now they filled and the countenance of the captain brightened now they flapped again and it soon became evident that the frigate was drifting stern first away from the line of the open sea so nearly reached toward the cliffs on the starboard hand driven by a fierce current which set in diagonally from the northward through the passage slowly but certainly she floated back had it been directly through the passage it would not have mattered but having no steerage-way she was at the mercy of the current and that was taking her directly towards the cliffs many an eye was turned aloft to the canvas on which their safety depended just then the most coal-begrimed steamer would not have been despised the captain gave the order for all the boats to be got ready for lowering still he had hopes that the breeze would again freshen but he could not hide from himself the danger the ship was in all the boats towing ahead could not stem that fierce current ever and anon too the swell from the sea came rolling in smooth as glass setting the ship towards the rocks not the faintest zephyr filled even the royals even should her head be got round to the southward she would still be drifted bodily to destruction stella clearly comprehended the danger and watched with admiration the cool and calm bearing of the officers a cable was ranged for letting go as a last resource but the depth of water where they then were precluded any hope of an anchor holding nearer and nearer the ship drew to the towering cliffs lower the boats cried the captain their active crews sprang into them and tow-ropes being passed they began to pull as english seamen are wont to pull against the hot current but all their efforts seemed of no avail in retarding the sternward progress of the frigate it appeared at length as if in another minute her spanker boom would be driven against the cliffs while the outer branches of the tall trees which towered on their summits seemed almost to hang over the mast heads smooth as was the water an angry surf broke against the rocks at the foot of the cliffs too clearly indicating what must be the fate of the proud frigate should she drive against them the lead kept going showed the depth of water still to be great suddenly the ship seemed to be brought to a standstill the lead line remained up and down the hand in the chains announced the fact it was evident that she had got into dead water but she still felt the influence of the rollers for although the boat's crews pulled as hard as ever they could not move her ahead it would be impossible for them also to continue their exertions much longer while but a slight puff of wind from the opposite shore would hasten her fate well i never thought there could be danger in smooth water and a calm and the land close to us said tom who observed the anxious faces of those around him there are many things not dreamed of in your philosophy youngster which you'll learn in time answered higson 
before many minutes are over we may chance to have the masts come tumbling about our ears and i would advise you and the rest not wanted on deck to get below out of the way in good time what you don't mean to say that the ship is likely to be wrecked said tom ay but i do if one of two things don't happen answered higson let's hope that the anchor may hold or that a breeze may come from off the cliffs aboard of us let go sang out the captain all gone shouted adair from forward at that moment master spider having managed to get clear of his chain seeing the green trees so near him was off up the rigging with the evident intention of having a ramble among them tom and gerald caught sight of their new pet at the same moment and forgetting danger or discipline up the shrouds they sprang in chase might as well try to catch grease lightning as that long-armed beast observed higson who did not however attempt to stop them spider quickly reached the main topsail yard arm but finding that the tempting trees were still utterly beyond his reach up the topping lift he swarmed and in another instant was on the royal yard thither the midshipmen followed but spider showed an inclination to defend his position and sat grinning at them from the end of the yard round which his prehensile tail was firmly curled he had an advantage they did not possess being able to hold on tightly and yet have both his hands at liberty as tom who led the way put out his hand to catch the creature he received so severe a bite that he almost let go still he was not to be defeated by a monkey the two midshipmen now getting out their handkerchiefs formed nooses in which they hoped to catch master spider's paws and advanced together forgetting that snake-like tail of his with which he could keep at anchor let them haul ever so hard apparently however not liking their threatening front before they could seize him he made a spring over their heads and was in an instant calmly seated on the main truck they were about to follow when jack catching sight of them called them down instantly what all three of us sir asked gerald unable to resist the joke which set the men grinning fore and aft in spite of the perilous position of the ship no the two biggest of you let the smaller monkey take his own time to come down answered jack tom and gerald descended looking rather foolish and the former had to go to the doctor to have his finger dressed for spider had given it a severe nip the lee-line betokened fifty fathoms where the frigate had cast anchor the sails hung in the brails captain hemming was on the watch for the slightest flaw of wind which might enable him to get out of his dangerous position the boats were still kept ahead the rest of the crew were at their stations the marines and idlers ready to pull and haul it was a time of breathless anxiety no one could tell what might next happen spider might have fancied that the eyes turned aloft were directed at him instead of towards the sluggish royals wistfully he gazed at the green branches but he was too wise a monkey to suppose that he could reach them still with his tail curled under it he sat on the truck as comfortably posted as he could desire scarcely a word was uttered only occasionally stella and her father exchanged observations the colonel seemed positively to enjoy the anxiety ah now we have an example of what strict discipline can accomplish he said spaniards or frenchmen would have given way to despair and lost their ship these fine fellows will save theirs though they would have been wiser to have taken the wider passage would that i had a thousand or two of such there might be better hope for the regeneration of south america 
you will succeed in spite of all difficulties said stella looking up into her father's face with a proud fond glance you will conquer them ten twenty minutes went slowly by the bright sun beating down fiercely on deck and on the heads of the people in the boats till they felt as if their brains were frying mr cherry sent the dinghy ahead with a breaker of water to them it was drained to the last drop suddenly the royals were seen slowly to bulge out the top-gallant sails followed their example let fall sheet home cried the captain and on the word the whole crew were set in motion those on deck tramping along at headlong speed with the sheets in their hands slipped the cable starboard the helm were the next orders adair shouted to those in the boats to pull ahead the chain ran out as the ship slowly gathered way with her head across the channel and she began to move off from the threatening cliffs in the course of a few minutes she had gained the centre of the passage when steering south she re-entered the gulf and came to anchor here she remained the boats having been sent to recover the anchor till a favourable breeze carried her through the boca de navios and clear away from the land End of section five.